Morning has turned to afternoon. Good afternoon, everyone. But the grind carries on. Not just the grind physically, but the grind mentally. The Midday Grind, featuring a couple of TV jockeys who've also been through the radio wars. <laughs> Serious? Martin Kilcoin. I was a little lit, so I was saying whatever I wanted. And Charlie Marlowe. Our top story tonight, John Jay will be back tomorrow. Here's him getting a hit in 2012. It's the Midday Grind on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. I got to do the Charlie and Marlo temp check. One sec. One sec. Weather app. He's not here, but I'm going to tell you what temperature it is because you couldn't possibly go outside and see it's 80 degrees in Kirkwood, Missouri. Beautiful. Midday grind on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. It is a beautiful Tuesday afternoon in St. Louis. Hardly a cloud in the sky and we're, we're indoors. One of these days, I'm going to set something up. Yes. We're going to set up outside. Yes. We're just going to... we have like an open tab over there if we do that? We'll make that work. The brew house. That's not a silver bar. That's a real bar. <laughs> Nonetheless, Jim Hewer, myself, Brian Hoffman, Matt Rocchio, also now here. Take you till 1 o'clock, at which point the hard line will take over. Kenny Wallace scheduled to join the show at 12.30 today. Rock, I'm glad you're here. Cause I, we spent a decent part of the show... Discussing what what transpired last night in Toronto, Kevin Durant, after about twelve minutes or so of court time, and he looked pretty good. Was effective, and the first quarter was the only quarter Golden State beat Toronto in. The rest were either tied or they lost the fourth quarter, but not enough to lose the game. So the series still moves on to Game Six. But uh, this is what transpired early in the second quarter last and night. And a really Durant off the screen gets a block as his Durant defenders. Durant goes Howell to work. Ball knocked away. Durant's hurt. He's hurt. He's hobbling off on the break. Ibaka goes up and got fouled by Livingston. He's holding his right leg. Yep. And it looks like in the same place. I, I don't want to speculate. I, I, People are cheering an injury. It's not good. Timeout, Warriors. Kevin Durant gets up and he is limping badly. And people are cheering. Really? Oh. That's what you're doing? Yeah. He's going right to the dressing room, Tim. Serge Ibaka trying to get people to calm down. And Kevin Durant's night, I believe, is done. You never realize how many windows have autoplay videos with sound until you <laughs> yes. until it comes time to plug it in and and play something over the air. That's caught me a few times before, that too. That got me good. You're right. <laughs> uh, nonetheless, Kevin Durant, still nothing official, but it is believed, all speculation, that it is a ruptured Achilles. Uh, if, if you watch sports long enough, I know probably the most recognizable one for people here in St. Louis is either Adam Wainwright's a couple of years ago, yeah. or, or more famously, Ryan Howard's after the 2011 uh, Division Series, where you just see the way they walk. They can't put anything on that foot, and that's what Durant was doing. He had to be helped off the court and even helped into the trainer's room last night. And, Rock, I'm curious your thoughts on, I mean, this. the Warriors have won one game this series in which Durant has not played and were thoroughly outplayed at home, games three and four. 
without Kevin Durant. So, so not so much the impact this has on the series, because you would expect the series to be wrapped up by Toronto by the end of the week, but their decision to play him. What what was your thinking going into last night, and then did it change after? Uh, I was a little shocked in the lead-up because we'd heard things early on in the week, or I guess I should say late last week, about how, you know, if he's not scrimmaging with the team before game four, that doesn't that, that means, you know, based on usual timelines, he's probably not going to be playing until at least game seven, and then all of a sudden, you know, he's out there for game five. Uh, so that kind of shocked me, but then you heard, obviously, all the different comments from reporters that said the Warriors had team doctors, they had checked with Kevin Durant, they'd gotten second opinions, they were told, he, you know, there wasn't going to be any issues, and all these things were reiterated last night post-injury. Um, with that said, I was shocked that he was going to play um, only because this is a guy who had um, a Liz Frank foot injury, which usually when you're seven feet tall means your career is done. Um, I didn't think that somebody like that would maybe press this as much because he's still in basketball. He's got two or three years left in his prime, let alone, you know, seven or eight years mm-hmm. left in his entire career, as long as nothing, you know, as long as, as long as the foot or the back doesn't get him. The third one on that list of things you never want to see in a basketball player would be the Achilles. He already survived the foot. He doesn't have the back injury, and now he pops the Achilles. Um, I th- That's why I was shocked that he played. Um, I'm a little surprised, considering it was a calf injury, that that, I guess, weakened everything around it so much to the point where it snapped, you know, 10 minutes in like that, but... TJ Moe, who had an Achilles tear, looking at the video where you saw kind of the tendons moving, TJ was pretty confident. He called that right away. Yeah, TJ yes. called that right away as an Achilles tear. And as somebody who's seen it and has gone through a lot of the science behind of what makes it happen because he's inquisitive and when it happens to you and it derails part of your career, you obviously want to know those things. I trust his his look at that as, as somebody who's not, you know, not a doctor, you know, as much as I can, anybody who's not a doctor. So it looks bad. I was shocked. Um... I don't know what to take about Bob Myers crying like that. I like I I, I want to believe in the sincerity of human beings. At the same time, um, everything the Warriors have done over the last four years has shown that their owners group is a bunch of Silicon Valley robots. And so, and so <laughs> yeah. I, I want to believe that Bob Myers actually feels bad that he might have just you know taken away the second half of Kevin Durant's career, or they might have, you know, misdiagnosed this and that was happening at the same time. A lot of people are saying these things happen and you can't know. I have a hard time believing that 100%. I mean, is this the first time well, we've seen team doctors screw something up before? I think... This is, this is a team that has the St. Louis Cardinals you, in the same city, is it? You know the or possibilities, you, I mean. but you are just... You're Superman, and you don't think that'll ever happen to you. Yeah. I mean, that that is so much of what happens with... Prof- I mean... The, the Bruins are doing the same thing with Zdeno Chara. I mean, if if Chara gets crushed against the wall tonight and you find out, you know, his jaw just completely comes unhinged, all right, is anybody here going to be surprised? No. But that's, he's going, but it's we're a sitting, little, But again, that's a little different when you're talking about a guy who's, you know, on the last legs of his career. He is. But, no matter where his body falls apart. And, and somebody like Kevin Durant. And for, see, for me, I don't think we're talking about the, the fact that he got through the foot injury without any negative effects, I thought would always kind of be in the back of a player's mind like that. Because, again, when you're when you're his size, that's one mm-hmm. of the two big ones. And, again, the Achilles is the third one. And I was a little bit shocked by that. But, I, you know, maybe Kevin Durant has a lot of faith in the medical team around him. Or maybe we're looking at a situation that you're kind of alluding to, which is if you give a player who has that competitive will, and if you're one of the best ever to do it, you have that competitive will – 
if you give them the window that, hey, if you feel good, we feel good about how you feel, they're going to take it every time. And do you expect a team to throw up roadblocks in front of that conversation? No. No, you, you especially when you talk about three, my, three my guys got to play and we yeah. got to change. No, he's and you're playing. facing and you're facing elimination. There's a lot of things here, and a lot of it has to do with how much do you believe in the sincerity of people who are trying to. Oh well, win yeah. it all. There's, there's and, 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 yeah, you, I, you a can, lot of teeth there, Hoff, on that on that look. There, I, I mean, I think again, a lot. A lot of their decision making was he's opting out, and again, it'll be the next problem next year and, if he and, plays. And never forget about this. There were. Inklings coming out from the Warriors that they were questioning how hurt he was. There were people in the organization questioning how hurt he was. Mm -hmm. There were people in the organization questioning how much he wanted to get back. There were people in the organization this, that, and the other thing. Those stories were there two days ago. They don't just we don't just ignore them because Mm -hmm. of what happened. Those stories were there. Yep. Somebody not just out and a lot of exterior people have been doing it, but that's not the only people who were questioning Kevin Durant. And a lot of people exterior were doing it because of what he did years ago to sign with the Warriors and the fact that he has fake burner accounts. Um, they weren't doing it because they actually believe that Kevin Durant's trying to undermine um, an organization and is, and is mistrustful or isn't out there to do his job that he's getting paid $30 million to do. And I think that's very – like pe- people are trying to – the fact that there's people in the Warriors organization now who are trying to blame fans – for the reaction around yeah, Kevin Durant, not talking Toronto fans, they they deserve to be blamed. The fact that there are people within the Warriors organization blaming Kevin Dur- or blaming people for their reaction around Kevin Durant, when that reaction is a much more palatable fan-like reaction that's been there for a long time, whereas the reaction coming from the actual Warriors organization was new and was calling out a guy's integrity, essentially. Very different things. Yeah, there's, there's such a slip, slippery slope there. I mean, for instance, a baseball team who has a couple of arms that aren't quite there, and they're going, well, Doc, what can you do to get me some innings out of this guy? I need him to eat some innings for me. Yeah, okay, he he is going to be out. He's going to need surgery at some point, but can you get him back so I can have him throw just a little bit longer to buy me a month or two? That's happening in every Major League Baseball team or that that's going. I mean, it happens in every sport. Uh, so for the the ownership to kind of go, oh, hold on a minute. We, we were doing everything right. That's No, everyone is, look, doctors are there to get the guys healthy and get them back. I don't care, Doc, if he can't be 100%. I need him back on the floor at some point. That's the ownership's mentality. Whether you want, they want to admit to it or not, for the most part, that is their mentality. I, I've got so much money invested in this guy. I'm so close to winning the championship. If he says he's good enough, I don't care. We're going. Let him play. It's insane to me that this is happening against Kawhi Leonard, who (laughs) was not happy with an organization, was not happy with an organization's medical staff and how they were handling it, while at the same time it seemed like there were some inklings coming out of that organization that they didn't like how the player was handling it. And we saw what Kawhi Leonard did. He forced his way out of there, and he's doing pretty good now, even though there's a definite issue with that calf. Um it's it's just crazy to me that we're now seeing almost a parallel situation, just just you know in its infancy. Whereas you know obviously the, the Kawhi thing is now in the past. I don't think Kevin Durant is going to hold this against the Warriors the same way Kawhi did against the Spurs. But mm-hmm. I, I, it wouldn't shock me. I, it, it, I, I feel like some of the variables around this are very different. We'll have to see what the what the temperature of the room is between the two sides. I think, and, but, and, and again. 
the difference in the, the, the difference in those ones and probably the difference in how Kawhi and Kevin reacted is that Kawhi was being asked to play, you know, game 43 of the regular season. Kevin was being asked about, you know, Durant was being asked about game yeah. 5 which was an elimination game for a guy whose entire career is revolving around people saying he came to a team where he didn't have to be the best player so that he could win championships and now we've clearly seen that he has to be on that team for them to most likely win. So that was the storyline last night. Now you're set with the game six where Golden State's got to win the go force the game seven. I it was it was kind of tough for them to pull that one out. They did. They persevered. I think they should get more credit for persevering through the emotions of what took place in that game to win the game. But are they good enough to to force a game seven? You think, Rock? Because right now, I, I Brian, I don't know. I'm I'm just kind of like. You overcame a lot. I don't know if you can do it from the start, knowing that Toronto's going to be coming at you full bore. I, it's going to be tough because the Raptors have proven to be the better team if Durant's not on the floor. And that was evident in games one, four, uh, three, and four. That if Toronto's playing their game, which they didn't in the second game, Golden State got them out of it. But if Toronto's playing their game, they are the better team and by a f- fairly wide margin. They are, and I just don't think one time a 3-1 deficit has been erased in the NBA Finals, and it required three godlike performances out of LeBron James to to the point that I don't think we even fully appreciate what he did in those three games. And the lack of performance by Stephen Curry. Yes, yes, and the lack of performance by Curry. And And Kawhi had – uh, Kyrie had to step up with yes. a couple of huge shots. I mean, yes, I, I just I don't know who a that is for Golden State if Steph Curry plays out of his mind for two games, but more so for Toronto, I don't know who takes a step back. Kawhi's too smart to play poorly for two straight games. Toronto's too balanced to have that happen over the course of two games. I just I, as much as and, and I fear for Golden State. I think, one, we're learning how tough it is to three-peat, and maybe we didn't appreciate what Chicago and L.A. did um, previously. True. Because winning that third one's really tough. But also with Golden State, I I just feel like for them, 10 years from now, are we talking about what a run it was for them, or is the narrative around them what could have been? You know, what if they had won just one more game in 2016? What What if Durant hadn't been hurt? The in 2019, and that's just such an unfair narrative because the focus is no longer on your accomplishments. Yeah, what they've done is pretty phenomenal. Yeah, the one thing I would say is that they were able to win a game without Kevin Durant. They were able to win game two without Kevin Durant. The difference there is that in game three, they didn't have Clay Thompson, and in game four, Stephen Curry was dead tired. That's you won't you won't have those two specific variables looking at game six, and that's the one thing where I wonder is this still uh, a series because of that? That's fair. That's so. Do you think they can do it? Well, what odds would you put it on six and seven? I would. I would still back. give the Raptors about a sixty to seventy percent chance of winning this okay. one, just because winning three in a row without you know now now winning two in a row without one of your three best players is going to be difficult for every team ever also quick thing on the on the people putting asterisks on the warriors 
people have kind of forgotten about it now, but people will always try to put asterisks on that first Warriors championship because of the lack of a healthy Kevin Durant or Kevin uh, Kevin Love and the lack of a healthy Kyrie Irving for the yeah. Cavaliers. Yeah. People want to put asterisks on that very first Golden State championship. That is true. So, I mean, there, I, I have a feeling we're going to look back and it's going to be probably the most questioned um, three-time championship team and potentially the most questioned three-peat even. Even if they do come back from three to one, mm-hmm. it'll probably still be the most questioned three-peat ever. Yeah, that's tough. That's unfair to them. Uh, this is the Midday Grind on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. I want to give some love to one of our loyal sponsors, Schnooks. We'll be off the Schnooks off South Grand on Friday from 10 until 2 o'clock. The Press Box, the Midday Grind. 590 baseball, we anticipate oh, yeah. everyone being in on that day. Regardless of Wednesday night's outcome in Boston, we anticipate everyone being in at the Schnooks on South Grand, which I say that because it feels like that hasn't happened often for our shows over the last two weeks. A lot of moving so. parts. <laughs> yes. Also, a Folds of Honor still a thing at Schnooks. If you check out, they'll ask you to round up, and you should because it's, it's just a couple cents. Round up, mm. all that goes to Folds of Honor. I think the total eclipsed a million dollars last year. My guess is they hope to beat it. This runs through the 4th of July weekend, so that's that's going to be a thing to do. Just fulton round up. It's 80 cents. What are you going to do with that 80 cents? You're going to leave it in your cup holder, and you're going to forget about it forever. So put it towards a good cause, Folds of Honor, this uh, 4th of July holiday season. Love that. Great idea. Great idea. Cardinals playing that against the Miami Marlins. Blues getting ready for a Game 7 tomorrow night. Just a big Tri- deal in Triple A, Triple A Marlins. Sorry. Uh, to be fair, I think is it the, tonight? Is it Urena going tonight for the Marlins? That's not going to be an easy matchup for the Cardinals. No, not an easy matchup. But... And they score eleven in one inning uh, like three days That's ago. That's tomorrow. Eliezer Hernandez, who isn't good, oh, okay. wasn't good in his last. Uh, That's who's going his tonight. Previous appearances is going tonight for the Marlins. His first start of the season, he is allowed two earned runs in two innings pitched this season but uh, tomorrow is Urena so if you want to win the series you better win tonight if if you're a cardinal fan or you're a, a, any team that's not associated with the Marlins are you just starting to look at that roster now and go starting to salivate over the possibility of getting Brian Anderson out of uh, out of Florida cuz he looked really good last night at times you go he might be the next star or you you watch the diving play at short last night by Rojas you go hey how long before you think we can get him out of Miami? I mean, it, isn't it horrible that that is really a mindset of watching a Miami team? You're I, going, which which guy can you get out of there next? And you can't tell the Marlins story with that one very tra- tragic figure, and that's Jose Fernandez. And yes. What happens if the boating accident in South Florida doesn't happen True. and he's still alive today? I do not know. Do they Are they able to string together better years, still having Yelich and Ozuna and, and, and Stanton? And is that a better team? I don't know. But sometimes organizational failure is also very much self-inflicted. And I bring this up because one of the best, two of the best young pitchers in the National League were Marlins and are not Marlins. One is in the NL Central in Luis Castillo. He oh, is 6-1 yes. and one with an ERA just above two. He was traded twice by the Miami Marlins. The first time they got him back because he received damaged goods in the trade with the San Diego Padres. So they got him back because I believe it was Colin Ray ended up being hurt. Then they dealt him again, this time in Cincinnati, for Dan Straley. The other top young pitcher in the National League, you got to go to San Diego, Chris Paddock. He's 4-4, and ERA just below 3, a whip below 1. They dealt him for Fernando Rodney. 
to San Diego. An aged reliever. Epic fail. Yes. Oh, my So I get that there were circumstances outside of your control that affected your franchise, and they were very tragic, and the game could still use a figure like Jose Fernandez. But you got to be a smarter baseball team, too. Yeah, that's – and then – when they, like you said, when they do acquire some talent, they they throw it away. Yes. Uh, the kid throwing in relief last night, Chen. When you go back and look at the reasons for that signing, that's god awful. Yes. Eighty million dollars on a guy who just you're going. Can you please just throw a few innings as a mop up guy? I mean, they have made horrible decisions on what they bring in. Much less, you know, they keep sending talent away. Uh, like I just said, I there are teams I guarantee you right now are going. Well, we, what do you think? Another year or so, we can get Alcantara out of there, and and they'll move on and go with the uh, part three of the rebuild process and go. Well, he's not going to be here when we get good, so we'll move him now too. Mm. It, it, it's brutal to watch what's going on down there. It's an embarrassing setup down in South Florida. We're going to take a short time out before we go to break. Give you a little uh, word about Triad Bank down in Frontenac. Triadbank.com is the website. Uh, Martin does all his banking needs there. Jim Triad, and he's a very charitable person, works with a lot of great organizations. Keep your money local at Triad Bank, place to be in Frontenac, Missouri. Well, it's all. 